I'm ready with y'all, I guess. All right, ready? Yep. All right, three, two, whatever. What is good, everybody? It is your boy Francis Carlotta with Connor Byrne and Grant Heckinger for episode seven. Man, lucky number seven. Hopefully, it's lucky number seven for the three of us, for that matter. But episode seven of the podcast to be named later. Hopefully, we, we should have a name by now, but we still don't have a freaking name. But uh, that point aside, <laughs> how how are y'all? How are y'all doing today, Connor Grant? How are y'all doing? Uh, Francis, there's no time for these pleasantries. The NBA has offered a new format to get playing again. Yeah, but I want to know how you're doing. I'm sure the people, uh, all of our 12 listeners, really care. <laughs> if I if you I know, don't, don't care about how you're doing right now, corner. then the listeners won't. That's a good point. That's actually really sad that you don't care how I'm doing. <laughs> and I might just end the podcast now. Oh, well, let's put, it to a, let's put it to a vote. Grant, you want to talk about pleasantries or get straight to this? <laughs> Let's get straight to it. All right. Great, great. Off my feelings, forget everything. <laughs> well, yes, as Connor, as Connor blatantly said, without any emotion whatsoever. Well, actually, that makes sense, considering you're Connor Byrne. So that makes sense you didn't show emotion. But anyway, the NBA is back, everybody. And that's pretty freaking awesome. I mean, that the Board of Governors voted on it yesterday to, to approve the new plan for the NBA to return. And the, Connor, I think you mentioned before we started recording that uh, the players are voting today. I'm not sure if that's official, if it's official yet, but they are voting today, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be today. So, uh, okay. so I haven't well, maybe by the time haven't, we haven't received finished. any watch bombs yet, but it was supposed to be today. Yeah, so maybe while we're recording, it might it might even break on our phones or whatever that this is officially official. Um, but. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna approve it. There's no there's no way they're not. So for for anybody for anybody who doesn't know the format, I'll just give a quick rundown of it. And Connor Grant, please feel free to add in or correct me if I say anything wrong. But so the way it's gonna work is there will be 22 teams, 13 teams from the West, nine teams from the East, and they will return to play starting July 31st at the ESPN Wild World of Sports Complex at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. They will play eight games. Each they will play eight games each before the playoffs start. Now the teams will they'll hold workouts in their facilities, uh, and training camp is going to start June thirtieth, uh, and then all teams will fly to Orlando on July seventh, three weeks before the restart of the season. Um, so like what I've read in this ESPN article is like they're probably going to have to quarantine for some period, which you know makes sense. Um, and I think they're saying Florida law requires people flying in from some states, including New York. To quarantine for 14 days so at least they've they've took that into account um so that's like the very that's the bare bare bones of the of the plan for the nba to come back connor grant i i would love to hear your initial thoughts on you know initial reactions on the nba officially coming back yeah just a, a quick quick add-on to that um shams reported yes. yesterday that training camp will start june 31st and they'll fly to orlando 
July 7th. So I, I guess they'll be quarantining for that whole... That's that's kind of the, the pre-period where they're going to be quarantining before they start playing. So. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Okay, cool. So uh, a friend of mine, Nathan Tempest, who is a world-traveled man, has been to Disney multiple times in his life. He's been to Orlando and uh, is a pretty big basketball person has said and I think this is important a lot is riding here on what accommodations different teams get if you're staying at Animal Kingdom he says you have a chance Epcot Hotel you might as well not show up so there is no real home teams and away teams but there are some certain things to think about here interesting yeah so that's that's something they've got to take into account with the seating in, yeah, in order to right. get some home, home home court advantage for sure. Yeah, some some right. places got great buffet. Something's got rats in your room. You know, it's really you really gotta hope to hope the degree, bucks get the good like, stuff. What a wide a range degree, it feels Disney. Like it, yeah, like to a degree, it feels like it's become kind of Big Brother than the NBA playoffs. Like in that, in yeah. that degree, like it's it's kind of that's kind of odd to take into account. And you know, we'll discuss this a little bit later and uh, when we get to it. But I just to touch on it really fast, uh, there there's. They're trying to figure out ways to make home court advantage a thing because obviously there is not home court advantage, but there's like proposals to give higher seats extra possessions or more fouls. I don't know. We'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, Grant, what are your initial thoughts on this whole plan? Um, Initially, the thing that was weird to me was that they would be having um, not just, you know, the eight regular season games, but then also the possibility of a play in tournament. I don't think I'd heard proposals before where they would have both of those things. It was kind of one or the other. And the fact that teams, something that I don't think has been discussed a lot is that because teams are going to be playing, every team's going to be playing eight games, um, teams are going to finish this season, the teams that are in this tournament are going to finish the season with a different number of games played for the season. So, you know, some teams right now have played 63 games, some played 67 so some teams will end up with you know seventy, some will end up or seventy one, and some will end up with seventy five and stuff. So it, it it's not a completely equal playing ground, and I kind of feel like they should maybe bake that into how they're deciding the schedule, and maybe give some teams some less games and some teams more games. But I don't I don't know how y'all feel about that, but I think that might make it a little more fair. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, those are those are definitely good points. And and you know initially I thought the twenty two teams seemed seemed really random to me, you know, because like you said, Grant. There was no. It was really we're going to go into the playoffs, and there might be changing in like one through sixteen seeding, or there might be a World Cup thing. But I I haven't heard of anything where they're like, okay, we're going to choose these teams to not be in it, and then these teams to be in the bubble or whatever. I, I just never heard of some, a plan like that. You know, we heard of the playing tournaments, but it just seemed random. I think that first. makes sense. Like the aspect of who's. No, I I'm, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It definitely does make sense. What I'm saying is I've never heard um, stories of it. You know, I've never heard reports of this is what exactly they're planning to do, like choosing 22 teams. Like, it's what I'm trying to say. That it, The number itself seemed random. But, you know, when you think about it, it does make sense. And I, I'm, I'm definitely agreeing with that, Karin. It definitely does make sense. Um, you know, on, on the one hand, I they didn't give every team in the NBA a chance to make the playoffs, which is something that... I was totally in favor for it because to give the Warriors a chance to make the playoffs with a healthy Steph Curry, <laughs> you know, that, that, no, I don't think that's, that's, that's too much to me. Um, and then adding the play in tournament was nice. Um, but it's more, it's, it seems more like a wild card game than a tournament. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but that's nice. And that's a novel idea. But for me, 
it seemed kind of bland initially. Like initially, it seemed bland because there it wasn't. There was no one through sixteen seating. There's like where there would be no conferences. Something that I've always been in favor for. I've always been in favor of one through sixteen seating. But you know, also that World Cup idea that I know, Connor, that you've liked before. That that didn't happen either. So I feel like this was an opportunity missed to a degree for the NBA to be creative about changes. And that's something we've even discussed before in, a pre- in our previous podcast that this quarantine, this whole this whole pandemic might be an opportunity for teams, for leagues to be creative and changes, but it doesn't seem initially super creative, but that's just me. Connor, what, what are your thoughts on, on this whole thing? Uh, well, just building off of what you just said, I think a lot of it just goes to the fact that the league doesn't want to put give it give it any more reason to put the season an asterisk asterisk on it so right. the less creative they are and the more straightforward and kind of normal seeming they make things the more you know maybe people will think it's a legitimate season so yeah that's a good point uh like we'll get to the world cup later but i think that was the big fear of that just like people wouldn't accept it as a real season then but um i'm i'm intrigued by also the fact that there was a 29 to 1 vote that the Blazers said no, and the reports <laughs> yeah. that other teams also said no, or like we're not said sorry did not say no, but we're going to say no, but just like uh, we'll just go with it because it's going to win out anyway probably. Um, so not everyone really is on board for this, but also if you're the Blazers, I don't know why you're upset. Like you, yeah, you had a no, bad season and, like, you, and, and you have a chance to play, so you should be. Don't happy. they seem like big winners in this? Isn't that yeah, isn't should, that weird? Yeah, it is weird. They're one. Yeah. Of, they're one of the like three teams who have a really good chance of making the playoffs, even though they don't really deserve it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, one. So to bring it back though, on one hand, the NBA is trying to make it as normal as possible, but on the other hand, the NBA knows it's an entertainment league, so they're doing everything they can to make sure that uh, Zion and Dame get some TV time. So, yeah. the, the NBA that did was, what it was going to do. That was really one of the biggest takeaways: is just the NBA was not uh, opaque in its desire to get Zion some TV no. time and ended the playoffs at all. Like at all. They're, they're giving him as many chances as they can. I mean, the, the yeah. four game, you know, the four games back that the ninth seed has to be is a, a big, weird threshold that is just like perfect for to, to allow Zion that opportunity. And I think ultimately it's, I mean, it's hard to say the Grizzlies are going to get screwed by this because they did have the toughest season or the toughest schedule remaining um, in the league. But still, it's like if the even if the Grizzlies go 0 and 8, like the Grizzlies would have to go 0 and 8, and another team go 8 and 0 for them to not be within four games of that eight spot, right? That would put them at four and a half games back of like one. Yeah, to not to, to basically just miss the playing tournament right. altogether. But like yeah. even <laughs> even if they that didn't happen, like even if they could still get screwed because they could end up like in the tenth spot with one team like a half game. So I don't know. There's just right. they're giving all these other teams so many chances, and they're they're kind yeah. kind of it puts the Grizzlies at a disadvantage and it kind of sucks as Grizzlies fans, but I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you understand what the, where the NBA is coming from, from an uh, perspective. Before we get too much into the Grizzlies, cause I know we're going to talk about that. Uh, we could we'll talk about that after this, but there's one more thing I want to give kudos to Adam Silver for uh, mm-hmm. his job on this. And it's hard to be a leader sometimes and listen to people and then say my bad when you make a mistake. And he's been, he's been doing that uh, this whole time. Like I think the other day, uh, I don't know if you saw the reports of he came out. He said on some radio show where he came out saying something about if uh, older coaches might be singled out and not be able to sit on the bench of the team where they had to wear a mask. 
and then people were upset about it. So he was like, okay, sorry, I jumped the gun. We'll talk about this more, and like we'll get through this. And the fact that he's actually, okay, you know, it's my bad. Uh, let me hear what you guys have to say, and we'll figure out the different plan then or something. Is So good for him for the for being that way this whole process. Yeah, absolutely. He said that on Inside, on Inside the NBA thing. Like, they did an interview with Adam Silver, and that's when he said it. And then Rick, like, a coach like Rick Carlisle, I think he made a comment saying, no, like, I, I'm, I'm a very healthy human being, even if I am 60, and, you know, just because I'm 60-year-old doesn't mean that I'm not incredibly healthy, and I want to be there on the sidelines for my team. Um, so that's a, yeah, yeah. So thank you for saying that. Adam Silver, if you listen to our podcast, thank you yeah. for being <laughs> awesome. For showing uh, some maybe I, other leaders how to, how to be a leader. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, a little subtweet yeah. there, Connor. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it's pretty widely known. I think that Adam Silver is probably the best commissioner in all of American sports. I, I think that's a wildly held opinion. But yes, yeah. good. Thank you, Connor, for that. Uh, but to the to the Grizzlies point that you were making, Grant. So I I wanted to ask y'all if y'all think the Grizzlies are winners or losers in because of this whole format. For those who don't know, right. The Memphis Grizzlies are the eighth seed in the Western Conference right now. They hold a three and a half game lead over the Pelicans and the Blazers, right? So that's that's the way it's situated currently. Um, the eighth seed in the East. I mean, the playing tournament would happen in the East as well. Between oh crap, it's, it's the Magic, the Magic and, the and the Wizards, right? Yeah. So Connor, you're the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. like, it's you know, it's a joke. They're they're so bad. They're twenty four and forty. They have no right to be in this, but I'm happy they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your, your team's right. Yeah. They're fighting. <laughs> My team has a better uh, chance than the Grizzlies do. <laughs> well, as, as an aside, Connor, I have a question for you. Would you rather see the Wizards make the playing tournament or see the Wizards lose all eight games and potentially help their record for the lottery? I think that hinges on if John Wall decides to come back because John Wall's been healthy for about five months now. So, <laughs> That's uh, if he decides that he's going to come back and play, then I hope they go for it, just so I can see what this team looks like when they're at their full strength. But if not, then yeah, well, just I mean, get the better. We have no idea what. It's crazy just how little idea we have what John Wall is as a player anymore. Like we haven't seen him play yeah. in so long. Well, no one my, has any idea what he's going to be like. My friend's dad is a orthopedic, and he's worked with a lot of athletes and uh, at high levels. And he was saying that like John Wall body should have been healthy for almost honestly for almost a year now. Like the fact that he hasn't been playing <laughs> has nothing to do with his health. <laughs> so, but also newsflash, Connor. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but the Wizards with John Wall they're still not very good. So. Yeah, but you know maybe you can see him play. It'd be good to see them play and see what they are capable of and what they need. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Grizzlies. Sure, sure. Go yeah, go ahead. Spin that. Spin that in your yeah. favor, Connor, if you want. <laughs> but. Uh, so Grant, just just so we can be clear, do you think the Grizzlies are winners or losers from this format? Do you think they're losers? I mean, yeah. So look at it this way: the Grizzlies could add to their lead by a half game, and they could still not make the playoffs with a four-game lead over the ninth ninth seed because they they lost double elimination to that team. You know, that team was better on two nights. So I mean, we've we've had you know a de facto play-in uh, game. You know. Uh, what was it? I guess that was two years ago. The Nuggets and the Timberwolves, uh, last game of the season. But I mean, those guys were tied. But to have you know a team who's four games up have to still play its way into the tournament, uh, into the playoffs is you know, the Grizzlies are absolute losers for sure. I am actually going to play devil's advocate here, um, maybe just for the sake of playing devil's advocate. But I don't necessarily 
just think if the Grizzlies are winners or losers in this. Like, I think there's an a, a, something to be said about the Grizzlies. If they had the regular season played out anyway, there was a decent chance they were not going to make the playoff. Um, but here's a situation now where the Grizzlies have however eight games plus to play in or just go straight to playoffs where all their young guys get pretty much do-or-die experience every game and get to play against the top competition so they can get used to that. Um, so I think in a way, there, there are, this isn't a total loss for the Grizzlies. I don't know if they're total losers in this, for the at least for the experience yeah. of it. I think that's a good point. I, I, just got, I also do want to say, Grant, I think, so I just checked on I just checked online, looked at an article. So it's saying the there will be a playing tournament for the eighth seed in either conference, but only if the ninth seed is fewer than four games behind. So if the Grizzlies up their three and a half game advantage to four, they're fine. So I think Are you sure that's, it's fewer. That's a, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, four. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's four right or now. fewer. What website is that? Uh, sportingnews.com. He's at okay. the uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought blog. it was four or fewer. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's. Hey, right, well, if if that's the case, it's just fewer than four. It's it's a it, potatoes, potatoes. It's it's still <laughs> kind of. I I agree with Connor's point that you know this will kind of be a playoff circumstance anyway so it's kind of what you the most you can hope to get out of it um you would have hoped to get out of it you know if they just the season had continued as it had um been going and the Grizzlies had made the playoffs that was the most you could kind of hope for was just some playoff experience so these will be the those type of games so I agree with Connor's point um that it, it's absolutely good for the development of the players but you know three and a half games four games whatever it, it's it's just a that's a pretty big lead to me to kind of still be putting a team in a play-in tournament but whatever yeah and i yeah so for 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 me i you know i i think in relation to scenarios that included a play-in style tournament i think this is the best case scenario for memphis in relation to any play-in style thing for the eighth seed because you know they if the eighth seed is four games or more above the ninth seed, then there's no tournament. They're they're locked, and they already are three and a half games above the Pelicans and the Blazers. Um, you know, and I guess the point for me is stringing together wins is really hard in the NBA. You all the three of us know that very well. So with like only eight games left in the regular season, if the Grizzlies went four and four, right? They just went five hundred. They split the split the eight games. The Blazers and or the Pelicans would have to go eight and zero. Oh to take the eighth seed and have the the double elimination advantage going into the playing tournament. Now, tiebreakers and all those things might push the Grizzlies out of the ninth seed, and you know that, that's something that we deal with if the tiebreakers fell that way. I mean, there's no way we can foresee that. But even then, the chances of that happening are small. And I guess for me, the chances of the Grizzlies losing the eighth seed and their double elimination advantage is very low. And the chances of the Grizzlies missing the playing tournament as a whole, is almost zero. That's almost just not possible unless the Grizzlies just suck completely out the gate. So well, I think that I, I think, think, I think it is a possibility the Grizzlies could go like one in seven in their eight games, but there's also a strong possibility that the other teams aren't going to go, you know, six and two. Yeah. So. Well, I, I don't think. <laughs> sure, of course, there's a possibility it happens, but I faith that I think the Grizzlies are a decent team, and I guess it also it all depends on the schedule that they put out. Um, but even in relation to that scheduling point that you made, Grant, the the Grizzlies' schedule is actually not going to be as daunting, 
uh, compared to everybody else's schedule. Because what made what made the Grizzlies' schedule so damn hard is that they don't face the bottom feed of the NBA really anymore. They're facing like the upper echelon, but now everyone's facing the best teams in, in the NBA. Like there's the Pelicans aren't going to get a double header. You know, not to say this happens, but for example, a double header against the Knicks and the and the Hawks. That's not going to happen. Like even the even the Blazers and the Pelicans and whoever else teams, they're going to be facing the best teams in the NBA for this eight game stretch, and so will Memphis. So again, if, if the scheduling works out for Memphis, and in, in the sense that Memphis plays, I don't know the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Raptors, whatever, like a lot or at least once during that eight game series, that's hard. Like the chances of them performing is low, but. If they keep the same, if they keep the same proposal right now, which is they just play out the next eight games of the regular season, but they only include teams that are going to Orlando, then if that's the case, that's not as, that's not as bad, you know. And I, I, I just I do think that in the grand scheme of things, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to miss the playing tournament, and which is good. Like they still have a genuine chance. And if they're this good and they get Justice Winslow back, that was another point I was going to make. Like I think the Grizzlies with Justice Winslow coming back from his from his injuries, if he, I liked him as a player when he's healthy. So if he's healthy, I think he will be a big contributor for the Grizzlies. And I, I do think they do come out winners in this situation in terms of scenarios where there must be a play-in tournament because there's no there's basically no chance they miss the play-in tournament. And Another thing to think about is that whoever wins the playing tournaments on both in both conferences is essentially playing to for uh, who wants to be sweeps or gentlemen sweeps in the first round. Right. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that is that's also true. That is that is definitely a good point. So it's also like not a huge deal in the grand scheme of the NBA mm-hmm. who makes state seed. Um, so yeah, that's also a fair point. But. But yeah, so I, I think the Grizzlies could. You can look at them as both winners and losers in this situation. So, um, and so another point, another question I wanted to ask you all um, in relation to like, I brought up Justice Winslow coming back for the Grizzlies was what team or teams did the time off help the most? And I'd love to hear what y'all think on that. So Grant, what team or teams do you think this whole time off, this whole quarantine stuff helped or hurt the most? Um. I really have no idea. It's I think it's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see. I think it's gonna be interesting to see if you know we're gonna hear stories about kind of the pl- the conditions that players had w- while they were quarantined, uh, and whether they had access to a hoop um, or a gym or anything. I think it's gonna be interesting yeah. to be, see the effect that has. But until we kind of get a big picture of that, um, I mean, it's it's pretty impossible to know. Like we've never really experienced anything like this, where players have kind of just had to stop playing for a couple of months and then just come right back into basketball. So it, there's no way to really know. I have no idea. I can't give a good prediction. Fair enough, Connor. Do you have, any, <laughs> do you have a prediction? Yeah, I think this uh, helps the Sixers an incredible amount because both Embiid yeah. and Simmons and Al Horford get uh, rest. Simmons, all three of those guys have been kind of battling injuries this year. All three of them do better when they're on rest, especially Al Horford who, even though he hasn't been what people hoped he'd be so far this year, uh, it was only two years ago where Al Horford was the second-best player in the Eastern Conference playoffs, so behind LeBron when they they lost in Game 7 versus the uh, Cavs. So I I think that really helps them out a ton. Um, Interesting to see. The one thing I think you might want to worry about if you're a Sixers fan is what has Joel Embiid actually been doing? Has he been productive? 
or has he been uh, gaining, you know, two pounds a day like his normal offseason playing? But uh, I think, no, I do think overall this really helps the Sixers Sixers more than anybody. Um, I think it helps the Lakers. You have LeBron, you have Dwight Howard on that type of team, and you just, any rest you can get for guys like that is good. Uh, A team I'm really interested to see if it helps or hurts is two teams I'm interested to see if it helps or hurts. Uh, is one the Clippers because on one hand they've mm. been a banged up team but two they seem like a team that really needed chemistry more than anything just getting time the guys together, together and yeah, playing time with the court together yeah. so losing those 20 games yeah. earlier in the year will, but, uh, will be interesting to see if that's affecting them um, yeah. and then also just the Bucks. like you, you had such an incredible run during the regular season uh, do you lose a bit of that magic by taking some time off I, I'd say probably not right. but is that a po- it might be a possibility? Yeah, I mean that's the thing for for golfers who you know Tiger Woods if he's leading a tournament and then there's a big rain delay, they got to mm-hmm. sit around for like two three hours. That's always hard to come back from a big rain delay and stuff. So you know if you're the Bucks, that's a good point. If you are the Bucks or or the Clippers or any contender, if they come back at the same same pace, you know who knows who knows. And I do think the Clippers. Uh, I I almost wrote a I almost wrote an article for my blog about how. The, like what's wrong with the Clippers but then when I did the research I was like nothing's really wrong with them they're just hurt so there's, there's nothing wrong with the team in my opinion but mm-hmm. they just had a lot of people hurt like Patrick Beverly was hurt for a while Kawhi got hurt you know Paul George is hurt all the, all the time unfortunately so they were just they were just injury ridden so it's not like there's anything wrong with the team so now will the layoff help them in a sense that they're all healthy or will it hurt them because they didn't have that time to play together to end the season? And to the end of the year, they were good. I mean, they were fourth in the West, and they climbed to second, and they, they looked really, really damn good. The, the Clippers, that they looked like the Clippers we thought they would be. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that works for them. Uh, I agree with you with the 76ers. I think that's big to get Ben Simmons healthy and beat healthy. You know, Al Horford, well, he is really good, but he's also pretty old. So hopefully this, mm. this rest helps him. Um, the Blazers, though, is one team that, that that wasn't mentioned. I think that could help. This could help them a lot because they get Yusuf Nurkic back, who was already slated to come back. I think a week before the NBA shut down, or sorry, a week after the NBA shut down. I think Nurkic was slated to come back, and then Zach Collins, who I forget the injury he had, but he had a really bad injury to start the season, and now, to all accounts, he's healthy and ready to go. So the Blazers yeah, have a chance a to look like. Right, the Blazers have a chance to look like the team that they thought they would be. You know, I think I, I heard that their GM to start the season made some made some statements saying, we're going to be better than the than the Blazers that made it to the Western Conference last year. And I, I projected the Blazers to miss the playoffs. Even the healthy Blazers, I thought they'd miss the playoffs. Like, you know, like, like there was no way they're going to be that good. But they have a chance to show that they could be this good. Uh, so I think those are, those are a few of the teams. You know, maybe the Mavs with Luka Doncic. You know, Doncic was hurt. Uh, to end like near the end of the NBA season before quarantine happened, um, and somehow the damn Utah Jazz. Oh who, yeah, they're playing great. They, they, they were playing so well. They have such a nice roster, and then Bojan Bogdanovic had wrist surgery and he's out for the season. And it's just like, oh god, yeah, that's like, sad. They, that's so bad. You know, they were playing so well. They actually found some groove with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell and. Now they lose a really key part to their team. That's tough. So I think that's a team not really hurt by the pandemic, but just got pretty pretty weakened by the loss of Boyan. Um, but but yeah, I think it'll be really really exciting to see 
what teams, how they look. You know, like you said, Grant, the stories of what we hear, who who was training, who was not. Uh, Grant, you have an interesting tidbit about Nikola Jokic, I thought, right? I think that's, you told me something before. Oh, yeah, the um, director, Nuggets director of player personnel or something um, said, Nikola, quote, Nikola Jokic is beach ready. He has abs. And actually, I've seen a picture of him. <laughs> And he kind of just mostly looks scary. Like, he has, like, a beard going. Oh, God, there's a picture. And he, he's, he looks skinny, but, like, he had a shirt on, so we haven't seen the abs, actually. We don't really know how good of shape. He could just be skinny fat. His arms just look smaller. Like, I'm not sure it's a good thing, necessarily, if he just kind of lost the bulk, but oh, isn't actually, like, in good shape. So um, that's going to be something to keep track of, for sure. But I, just, I need these pictures. Um, circling back to, like, my point is it's that we just don't know like we don't know what every player and what every team has been going through during this thing and it's not like a normal right. off season where they're stopping playing but they're you know they're training and they're hopefully improving and they're keeping in great shape like we don't know who has had access to things so i think you could just you can make the case for and against every team improving or for and against every team you know getting worse with this um we right. don't know how their chemistry is going to be affected we don't i mean for me, if I stop playing basketball for two months and I come back, you know, it, it takes a couple of weeks to get back into the, you know, even being able to shoot the ball um, and, you know, hit the rim. Um, so we just never seen anything like this. I don't think there's any way to accurately predict this. So I don't know. I, I, yeah. Outside of injuries, I think the Clippers are a good team because they have been beat up and this is going to, they're a team that as kind of a veteran team, um, them getting healthy is going to help them a lot. And I, I don't see, you know, chemistry being that big of an issue for them once they're all on the court so I think the Clippers would be the team that I would kind of pick but outside of that and you know other teams who are getting players back it's just hard to know what anybody's been doing during this time so yeah I feel that I I, I, I fear what my jump shot will look like once I go back to shooting I'm really afraid like it's it's like it's I don't want to know what it looks like um, there's a I where I live there's like a little cul-de-sac and there's a hoop that I guess one of my neighbors put up for their kids. I've pondered shooting on it, but I know that's bad. It's not my hoop. I shouldn't use it it's for their kids. So I'm not. I'm not using it. I swear to you. But I've thought about it, and I. I just. I'm. If I make my first shot, I think I might just. I might stop. Like I might be all right. I'm good. For your like, life. I, <laughs> don't need to. Yeah. But yeah, for my life. Like I make my first shot out of the quarantine. <laughs> I'm done. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to uh, going back into the gym. Uh, but in terms of back back to actual basketball players, now like I said before, there were a lot of different formats on the table related to the NBA coming back. What 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 formats were y'all were y'all partial to? Did, what formats did y'all like the most? Uh, because I there were some that really intrigued me, but I'd love to hear uh, what formats did y'all like the most about a, for the possibilities for the NBA. So my favorite by far option was the World Cup. I mean, did you? Mm-hmm. Is that where you got? Was that your guys' favorite? Yeah, probably. That seemed the most realistic and fair to me. So, yeah. I, yeah, that was mine. But go ahead, Carl. Um, not even just from a fairness side, but I thought it was just the most entertainment value. There was even the possibility they said that they would let the teams pick it, uh, let the top teams pick out Ooh. their their thing, which is an interesting one. But then there's also the option where it's just going to be like a random drawing pool of like certain teams would be in certain brackets and then uh, be dispersed. But... Uh, I thought the World Cup was such a great idea, so if anyone is not sure exactly what that means, it was going to be the same way they kind of do the World Cup qualifying or World Cup. What did they call it at first? Like that initial group stage? stage. Group, group stage? The group yeah, stage. Group, group stage. Yeah, yeah so, so it would just be the group stage thing of the World Cup where NBA teams 
um, would be maybe five to a to each group or four to each group, and then the top two, and then they do a round robin against all each other, and then the top two okay. records would then make it actually to the NBA playoffs, or like the final. Would they say they'd have eight or twelve or sixteen? I forget what the final number they said would be, but then it would be a normal playoffs from there. And uh, mm-hmm. that just seemed so much fun and very exciting, where every game just mattered so much. And yeah. once again, I've I've felt this for a while now. I, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. Um, we don't have to talk about it on this podcast. You guys don't want to, but I for, I pretty strongly believe that the NBA is the worst playoff product of any U.S. major sport. Uh, not I like basketball. I like basketball as a sport, probably the best, but as a playoff product, I think it provides the worst one. And I thought the uh, World Cup uh, would have really helped that out. So hopefully, in future years, they might try it. Interesting, Grant. What did you? Was that World Cup was your favorite? Yeah, it, it would have been interesting to see something that's just like so completely different from what we have now, um, which is you know the format that we're using is not going to be that different um, outside of the play-in yeah. games, really. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Connor said for the most part. I mean, well, not with the playoff, the playoff entertainment thing. It's definitely the worst. That, but, <laughs> definitely but, the worst. But uh, we can we can talk about that some other time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. For, I I'm, I echo what y'all said. World Cup seems to be really fun, and like I said at the at the top of the of the the show, this the the format that was released. I was like, okay, cool, but it's it's not super creative. I didn't think it was all that creative. Um, but, but again, it goes to your point, Carl, that you made earlier as well in relating to eliminating that possible asterisk that could be next to a, to a championship winner. Yeah. You kind of have to keep it more normal so that doesn't exist. And, you know, that's also a good point. But at, to a degree, if there was a chance to do something just totally wild and experimental, this was the time. And it, it, it's, it's kind of tough to see that they didn't do anything super fun. Uh, like, I, like I've said before, I'm all for doing the 1 through 16 seeding. I get that that would probably never happen in the NBA, especially considering how hard traveling is. But in a bubble where everybody's together, there's no traveling, it would have been fun to see how 1 through 16 would have played out. Mm-hmm. But maybe that would be too much of a radical change from the, the system that it, would, that it is now, and there, would, there might be a bigger asterisk next to the winner, whatever, 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 whatever. But yeah, so that's that's those are my two cents on it. Oh, because we mentioned Joel Embiid a moment ago. Uh, one of the things is Joel Embiid is a huge is a, is that he's a huge trash talker, and one of the things that NBA has to figure yeah. out is because there's gonna be no fans in the audience and they're not gonna do the in-game music and all the in-game shows and all that. Is what they're gonna do for the audio for people back home. Uh, one of the things soccer has done is put in the fake cheering. What are you guys' hopes for it? that NBA decides to do? Well, personally, I've always thought the NBA is overproduced and it kind of takes away from um, the game experience. Um, yeah. That's why I think kind of watching just the kind of the, co- the experience of college basketball is more, you know, not, not the actual basketball, but the experience of it is more enjoyable than actually watching an NBA game because you just mm-hmm. kind of get the crowd noise and the, and the, you know, the squeak of the sneakers on the floor and everything and the, and the bounce of the ball. You know, it's just real salt-of-the-earth basketball stuff. Um, so I would hope that the NBA would take this opportunity to kind of get rid of the music and not just, and not, you know, double down on that production. Um, so they get rid of the music, you know, during the game, um, they get rid of, you know, the defense chants and stuff. Um, they get rid of all that and they just kind of break it down to pure basketball. And I'd love to see them mic the players up. I don't know how realistic that is. They probably have to do it on, on a delay. 
um, because there would be profanity use um, <laughs> every every five seconds. <laughs> like if you if you think if you think like Marcus Morris isn't like just absolutely railing on someone, then you're you're yeah. you're you know in in for something else. Um, yeah. So which would be so I don't know, I don't know so how realistic it is, but that'd be ideal. Yeah, they would need to have a sensor guy ready for any every time. You know, that'd be funny. And, uh, it was yeah, like a big ass buzz. Be, just bang. That'd be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like mid game. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really good. Uh, but no, I'm totally with the grant. And I, I, I just thought of something as you talked about it, in terms of basketball being over, over produced, over the theatric, and like as NBA nowadays. Like if you go from high school basketball, high school sports for me is one of my favorite sporting, vent like sporting environments because you're just there and you're chanting and, and it's more pure. Then you go to college and it, there's more production in college, but it still feels more pure. Then you get to the pros, you get to the NBA. It's so blown blown over, like it's it's so overblown. Is the word I'm trying to say, like the the production is so huge. It's just totally different. So I am totally with you, Grant. I think I hope the NBA really strips the game down instead of tries to like you said double down on the production yeah. element of, of basketball. Right. So I I think it would be fun. I think it would be really cool to hear people trash talk. There has to be a sensor guy ready because yeah. there's no way that'll be. Uh, <laughs> visible for all children, you know. Yeah. There's just no way. <laughs> Maybe now is not the time for like ten foot fire towers shooting in the air. Like let's, you know, bring it down to the bare essentials. Yeah, probably not. It's. Yeah. It reminds me also of uh, back in the day, like old timey baseball games when announcers couldn't travel because it'd be too expensive. So they would make fake noises of like the ball hitting the bat. So like they just go. Like they'd be like a <laughs> noise or whatever. <laughs> if, all, if if all of a sudden Wait, we were watching a game, what was that noise? I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, if all of a sudden we were watching a game, and we just hear I don't know, somehow Bill Walton is announcing. If he just you just hear him go swish, swish, dribble, 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 dribble. Pretty sure that's that's already Bill Walton's announcing style. But, uh. Yeah, that is basically what he does. So it would be really just normal stuff. Now I gotta say because as big of sports fans we are and I, I'm, I'm really glad like I just said I'm really glad that we talked about the NBA format and we discussed and gave our takes on it but there was a big part of me that felt kind of off recording a sports podcast right now with everything going on in our country and I just wanted to take this time very very briefly to just straight up say a very simple not complicated at all message of Black Lives Matter that's that's very simple and I think Connor Grant the two of you I've, I've known you for a very long time I know the both of you very well and I know that the both of you agree with me when I say black lives matter and just to close out this podcast I just want to just wanted to state that and also tell you that uh, Grant who does the wonderful editing of our of our podcast and does the awesome descriptions that he writes uh, will we will put a link for you to donate to the Black Lives Matter movement uh, whenever you want to. And that link will be in the description. So please, please donate to a cause that needs the money very, very badly. And a cause that's very important in this country. And that's that's what I wanted to close on. So thank you everybody for listening to episode seven of our podcast to be named later. We will have a name at some point, like may, maybe, Maybe not, but I, really, I hope to have a name at some point. So on behalf of Connor Byrne and Grant Heckinger, it's been Francis Carlotta. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Like this. Oh, my
days, hot tops, with my blue face, ice pops, I'ma make a shoelace, necklace, yeah we whipping pop so Lexus, and I'm skipping school days, mic drops, eyes on summer like Cyclops, yeah we falling off the sidewalk, mama wants a home.